Welcome to the Chi Alpha UNC podcast. We're excited that you've decided to stop by. We're in a series called Verses That Changed Our Lives. Each week you will hear from one of our staff members about a Bible story that completely changed them. Today, Callie continues our series by talking about Psalm 46. God is God and I am not. This message was recorded on September 29th, 2022 at the Columbine Suites at the UC. Please join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the UNC campus. All are welcome. Come as you are, leave as a new creation. Subtly get the microphone. Hello, wow, I I see the light. Um, Praise Jesus. Well, hello everyone that I can't see. That's incredible. Oh, oh, hello. I can see y'all. Well, welcome to Chi Alpha. We're so glad you're here. So so next Thursday is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit more fattening in a good way. So next Thursday, we will not be here. We will be at the the Greeley Vineyard Church, and we will be having agape feast, right? Which we want to make sure that we emphasize both on the agape and on the feasting. Agape meaning, you know, God's love for us, but feasting meaning, well, feasting. So, um, if you, so everyone's going to be bringing something. Every small group's going to be bringing a dish. And so if you don't know what you're bringing yet, get, get a hold of your, of your uh, small, small group leader, and we will uh, figure that out. Um, but, yeah, make sure, let me emphasize something. We're cooking something together. You're not, we're not going to the store and buying a bag of chips. I'm sorry. If you want to make some chips, you can make some chips, right? No, no buying cookies. You can make cookies, Katie, um, Katie Chapman. And uh, so, yeah, don't show up here next week. Otherwise, you will go hungry and you probably will be alone and slightly awkward. So, yes, next week, Agape Feast. Is it on? on. Oh, there we there go. Hi. Yeah. Don't bring cookies unless you're Katie Chapman, please. <laughs> All right. Really quick. I'm going to preface this announcement because last week was a little lame. Ladies, what's happening next week? Do we know? Yeah, it's fall to fall. Come on. That's good. Uh, good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sweet. So, yeah, fall to fall. We have a location now. We are going to be meeting at Osborne Farm. There's going to be some fun stuff. We got $2 hay rides. We've got Ooh. cheap pumpkins. We've got, you know, they have food trucks. They have a coffee truck that we're going to be hitting up. Yeah, I'm excited. It's nice. not Noeo, but it's, it's okay. It's not Noeo, but it's close. It's good. Yeah, there's a petting zoo. Heck, oh. yeah. Also, ladies, dress cute. We're going to take pictures. It's going to be so fun. But, yeah, sorry. No guys allowed. That's all right. So guys. Bad. It's all good. Guys, we don't need fall into fall. You want to know why? Because we got Brottoberfest. Yeah. Let's go. That's right. So while they're petting the animals, we'll be eating them. That's right. Brottoberfest, baby. That's right. That is next Saturday, October 8th. Starting at 6 o'clock, we will be at Greeley First Assembly in the youth room, and we are going to be eating, we are going to be getting rowdy, and there's going to be all kinds of shenanigans that we haven't even thought up yet. Jeff, do you have a question? Does it also bring your own meat? You can bring more meat. Meat meat will be provided, but always, always, always think, should I bring meat? Yes, you should. Unless you're Liv. Um, (laughs) Sorry, vegetarian joke. Um... Oh, yeah. Caleb, we got you. We got you. It's okay. All right. Um, really quick, we're going to announce again. Prayer meetings are happening every week, guys. So 
Yes, Mondays at 5 are going to be led by Peck. You guys are meeting at the library. So Let's go, Jake. Yeah, you should all go if you have free time after classes. It's, it's later in the evening, so you guys should be out of classes, hopefully. So, yeah, go help Jake soak our campus in prayer. That's right. Sorry. It's a great study break in the uh, library, too. Yeah, and on top of that, if you're feeling a little more active, we've got prayer walks Ooh. on Tuesdays. Yeah! At 3.30, that is led by Mark, and you guys are going to be meeting at the Bear. If you don't know where the Bear is at at this it's point, right like, are you even a student around campus? Right yeah, come on, it's right here. You know where you know where the Bear is at. So, yeah, go ahead and go to prayer walking, prayer meetings. We've got opportunities to soak campus in prayer, opportunities to stop students and see if they need prayer for anything. It's a good opportunity to get out of your comfort zone so and stretch you and grow you. It's fantastic, and we have some amazing men on staff who are upping that and leading that for you guys, okay? Praise the Lord. Also in the library, every Tuesday at 11 a.m., we are going to be having a Bible Q&A, right? So this is actually a lot of fun, Mm -hmm. and let's be fair. Sometimes we just read the Bible just because it's there, right? It's just words on a page, but sometimes, hopefully most of the time, we have questions. Right, we ha- or maybe even we might. The Lord might even give us some answers, and then we get to interact with people there and have the conversation. Because tonight, although my wonderful wife is preaching, it's probably not a great time to ask a question. So, but if you want, if you have questions, bring them to Bible Q and A. Let's wrestle with the Word together. Let's get into it, and let's have a great time in the process. Because I there's also going to be some free coffee there too, most likely. So, free coffee, Ooh, get no that mind going. That it might be. That's up to Noeo. Hey, come on. That's, up to That's right. That's it. That's it. But. Be there, and it's going to be a great time. All right. Up next, we have offering. All righty. If this is where you guys get fed, if this is where you get poured into, we would love for you guys to go ahead and up on offering. Offering is biblical. Giving is biblical. It is all right there, and you can learn more about it at the Bible Q&A. So if you guys would just bow your heads with me, we'll pray over the offering really quick. God, just thank you so much for this time that we get to gather, Lord. Thank you for everyone that is here, Lord. And I pray that if anyone here is feeling moved to give, God, that they will give and know that it goes right back to them because that is what you do. When we give, you replace it plentifully. And Lord, just thank you so much that we get to gather here and be here in public, Lord, and to worship you publicly and praise you. And God, I just pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Now my favorite part of the night. I get to introduce, I already spoiled it, but the preacher tonight, who is my wonderful, incredible, beautiful, intelligent wife. And what? And I'm, I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna pre, to pre, preface this real quick. We've preached together before, but every time, every, every time, they're always like, Jake, you did a good job, but Callie, wow, she is anointed. Wow, Jake, I hope you're okay being a pastor's husband one day. I was like, that's great. It's great, but it's true. She's incredibly anointed. The Lord uses her, and I love her so much. So if you will, give her a please, a warm round of applause, my wonderful wife. How cute. They're twinning, guys. Come on. That's so cute. If I can find one, you can find one. Praise the Lord. Uh, Wherever you want it. Away from your head? Okay. All right. All right. There we go. Yeah. I can't see anything. Yay. That's great. <laughs> Hello. Oh, this needs down. Hi. How are y'all doing? Thank you. Yes. 
Isn't he cute? He's cute. <laughs> but yeah, uh, some of y'all might know me, some of y'all won't. I brought my own cheer section over here today, so that's great. <laughs> Everybody showed up for me. Thank you. Hopefully for Jesus, mostly, but uh, amen. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I'd like to introduce myself just briefly. I am originally from Arkansas, and yeah, uh, and so my husband Jake and I moved here back in March, and we were called by the Lord to come and join staff here, uh, and we're here until he says otherwise, so we're here for the long haul. Uh, but yeah, we were living in Texas for a while, and... It was great, and the weather's here definitely, def- definitely a lot better. Uh, <laughs> but uh, about two weeks, or two weeks, yeah, two weeks ago, I celebrated ten years in the Lord, and so that's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's pretty incredible because I would have never seen, had seen myself like in this place, or well, not just Colorado, but like just here preaching right now. This is a, this is a very different. Uh, but I gave my life to Jesus while I was at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And before giving my life to Jesus, I was very staunchly nothing. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I was very easily swayed by all of the philosophies and beliefs. I would pick and choose things and kind of put them in my pocket and be like, that sounds good. Uh, basically, my entire belief system relied on whether or not something sounded good. And that's terrible because there was nothing, no foundation at all, ever. Uh, And so until I started actually questioning why I believed what I believed and what I believed, that started opening up doors to the Lord coming into my heart. Uh, So tonight I'm going to continue our series on the verse that changed my life. And I'd like to go over Psalm 4610. Is it there? It's not there. Okay, you follow along. Oh, there it is. Okay, so it is be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. Short and sweet. (laughs) So I was sitting there in the car in front of this strange building uh, with my mom, and she had driven me over here because I was invited to some sort of church thing called Chi Alpha, and I was sitting there, and I was just thinking to myself with questions over and over, would they even like me? If they found out I, I didn't believe what they believed, would they just, like, throw me out or something? I just, <laughs> I was just scared to, to be rejected by people that I didn't even, I hadn't even met yet, uh, but the thing is, seeing it as a church thing, I kind of wrinkled my nose at that uh, at first, and, but, you know, I wanted to impress someone. And through that, I wanted to see, you know, it was like, I was just like, okay, you know, I'll give it a shot, whatever. I don't care. Um, (laughs) And so the thing is, all all of these questions were swirling in my head, and then my mom, gently, uh, she she just kind of motioned to the door and was like, well, go ahead, bye. (laughs) And I was like, "Mm, maybe next time, let's just... Let's go home. Let's let's eat. Um, <laughs> and I was rethinking everything and just trying to think of a way to get out of it because I just didn't stand. I couldn't stand the thought of meeting new people or talking to new people at all. 
Uh, and so I was so racked with anxiety. I was just trying to trying to get out of out of it as best I could. But the thing is, the the thing that motivated me to actually get out of the car were her words. Uh, they were just simple and clear, but I can remember them. She said, "Just five seconds of bravery could last a lifetime, and you never know how it'll be until you do it." Good job, mom. Uh, <laughs> And so I, through that, I gathered all of my courage and, uh, oh, lost my place. Anyway, gathered all of my courage, got out of the car, walked up to the door, and will to be continued. <laughs> we'll come back to that. We'll come back. We'll come back. Uh, so yeah, tonight I wanted to break down this verse, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. The thing is, whenever I'm interacting with scripture, I've gone through different seasons of Uh, reading it and uh, studying it. And one of the things that's kind of radically impacted my study of scripture is to underline the action words in the the verses. That's why I have them highlighted here. Because whenever you do that, you really get the heart of what's actually being said and to who or to whom. Grammar. Uh, (laughs) So we're going to go into the first one, which is be still. Oftentimes when we read this, we think be still as in to reflect or to relax or to meditate, be quiet. Uh, As someone that has experienced quite a bit of anxiety in her life, this was how it resonated with me initially. I saw this and I was like, oh yeah, just relax in his arms and that'll be, it'll be great. Um... (laughs) But the thing is, the more I started studying it, the more I started reading and and really understanding the context, the more I realized that it was so much more than that. It is that, but it is so much more. And the word uh, still here can also be translated in scripture and other places as cease fighting, surrender, or stop your labor. That kind of changes it a little bit. At At least in my head it does. So in, this, in the beginning of this psalm, the nations are raging against each other. They're throwing spears at each other. Like, all this stuff is happening. And the Lord comes in beautifully towards the end, and he says, quiet, throw down your weapons, and look at me. Like, that, that's just beautiful. It, it reminds me of the, the verse... Um, well, it's a whole section of verses, but like, uh, there's a whole portion of scripture in Joshua 5 whenever the Israelites had just remade the covenant uh, with, uh, with the Lord, and they had reached the promised land, and they were about to go into Jericho. And through this, they had been wandering in the desert for 40 years, and this is the new generation coming out, and they, uh, Joshua, had been told by the Lord that they needed to reestablish their covenant and uh, do all the things that, that went with that. We won't go into that. But they were waiting there before going into Jericho, and Joshua decides to take a walk. And as he's taking a walk, there is a man standing there in front of him with a sword in his hand. (laughs) It's pretty intense. Immediately, Joshua was put into attack position. (laughs) He was, like, on edge because, I don't know, if I saw someone walking up to me in the middle of the day with a sword drawn, I think I would run uh, for sure. (laughs) But um, so they, they had 
done all of these things, and Joshua was already on edge, and he asked this man, are you a friend or are you a foe? But the thing is, there's something very unique about this person that talks back to them, uh, talks back to Joshua, and he looks at Joshua, and he says, neither, very simply. And he introduces himself as the commander of the Lord's armies. The thing is, that's a very unique title. If we look at scripture, we see angels coming down and interacting with people all the time. All the time. And in almost every instance, uh, whenever someone walks up to an angel or an angel appears before them, they fall on their face and worship them. But the angel almost always pulls them back up and says, no, I am not the one to be exalted. And in this moment, Joshua does just that. But the angel instead responds by saying, remove your sandals, you're on holy ground. And so that says that this is no mere angel, that this is the Lord himself. So that's like pretty incredible that the Lord appears before, like this is hundreds of years before he appears in the Gospels. And the thing is, you know, Joshua does this, and we have to look at ourselves. Whenever we are, um, oh, lost my place again. So Joshua, whenever he's faced with the Lord himself, he drops his guard, he drops his weapons, and he goes down on his feet, and he, or he goes down on his face, and he recognizes his authority in his life, and in the entire country of Israel's life, he recognizes that the question wasn't, are you a friend or a foe? The question was, am I on your side? And so we need to recognize that too. Whenever we surrender our lives to Jesus, or even before that, we need to understand, like, we need to ask ourselves, whose side am I on? In our lives, we fight so much, not just with each other, not just with other people, but we fight so much against the world and against the things that are around us. Sometimes we even fight against God when he's trying to do something in our lives. And we just, we fight and we argue and we put up our our walls and our weapons and the thing is, in, in my life, personally, I've seen myself, I would uh, size people up as soon as I would meet them. And in, in my head, I would think of, like, how I could, how I could somehow, like, bring them down so I could feel better about myself. And so that's, like, that's a real confession there. But <laughs> I got better. <laughs> I got better. Um, and so the thing is, like, I, I would do that and... Whenever I would meet a Christian, I would immediately disregard them as, oh, they're not very smart, they're, they're not very, uh, very nice, they're very stubborn people that say things and don't actually do them. And so I would immediately put all Christians into a box. And I would, I would throw out some defenses, and when I would see them, I would say to myself, well, I'll show them I'm a better person than they are. I'll show them I'm a good person, too. And so I would just immediately go into attack mode. <laughs> and, uh, and I know many of us do the same thing. Whenever we've been hurt, betrayed, and broken, we, do, we have this, this tendency to feel as though, well, our instincts are starting to tell us and rise up in us and say, you have a right to be angry at what's happened to you. You have a right to be bitter at what's happened to you. And the thing is... We cry out for freedom, and that doesn't do anything either. (laughs) Um, But the thing is, like, we have to realize that 
Like, what gives us the what gives us the right to shake our fist at God and say, God, you're wrong? <laughs> That's that no, please don't. Uh, the thing is, when things go wrong or things go in directions that we don't expect, we tend to hold that in or release it out in, in multiple different ways. But the thing is, we have to realize that doesn't he have a right to our lives? So why are we getting angry and offended on our behalf? In Winky Prattney's book, Youth of Flame, there is a section titled Free as a Slave. I highly recommend you read it. You can find PDFs all over the internet. But he's, he describes the thing that happens whenever we have unyielded rights to God. The two ways that those can be released are usually frustration or worry. Specifically, Winky Prattney says, a man who is trying to run his own life will worry. He has no heavenly father's promise of provision and must take full responsibility for ensuring and meeting all of these needs himself. He assumes a responsibility that is not rightfully his, and this produces worry. And he goes on to list multiple different avenues or needs that we have in our lives that we tend to worry over or tend to get frustrated by. If, they, if they're not met. So I'm going to walk through each of them. So the first one is acceptance. This is like a sense of belonging, a sense of being a part of a group or being accepted in society, being loved and cared for. The second one is accomplishment. So this is the longing to do something meaningful with your life, with the talent that you've been given. The next one is provision. So this is food, clothing, housing, protection, and things like that. The next one is possessions, the desire to have things that we can call our own. The next one is safety, the, ex- the need to feel protected from being hurt or injured or disaster or illness or anything else. And then the last one, he says, is security, which is the assurance of tomorrow or whatever the future holds or anything like that, basically a sense of guidance. So the thing is, we can look at this list, we can look at this list, and we can think, yeah, I'm pretty good, I got this. But then we have to realize, well, why don't we believe that God would fulfill all of these himself? There's, we have a bunch of sayings in Chi Alpha, so many, there's been so many books filled with them. Uh, But one of the ones that I wanted to touch on tonight is, God is God and I am not. So we fight all the time to be able to satisfy these needs in our lives, to be able to fulfill these things, to be able to feel safe and, and protected and, and everything is going right and everything's going well. But the thing is, we have no real control over any of the outcomes that we invest in. The thing is, with, with all of this stuff, like rumors spread, accidents happen, belongings are lost or broken, You're not guaranteed tomorrow. And the thing is, like, the one thing or the one person that we can rely on is Jesus. In Exodus 14, 14, it even says, the Lord himself will fight for you. You need only to be quiet. So we fight so hard to fulfill all of these things in our lives, but we can't. We can't fight for ourselves. But he goes before us. And the battle's already been won. 
So it reminds me of when the disciples were in the storm on a boat and Jesus was taking a nap in the corner. (laughs) The storm was all around them and they started getting really frustrated and worried that he wasn't fulfilling their needs in that moment, that he wasn't providing or he wasn't, uh, that he wasn't taking action. And whenever Jesus wakes up, immediately he calms the storm using the same words that I just went over. He, he, says, uh, he says, quiet and be still. Same words. Yeah. It's almost like the Bible says the same stuff over and over. <laughs> Weird. Um, but then he turns to his disciples after them reacting the way that they did. And he said, he asks, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? It's so easy to forget who he is and what he's done and what he continues to do. So easy. And the thing is, we get caught up in how we think he should be. (laughs) How he should react to things and how he should provide for us. But that's that's manipulation. (laughs) We can't manipulate God. So the next uh, section that I wanted to go over is the word no. Being a person who focuses heavily on knowledge, sometimes useless knowledge that I might not ever (laughs) use, ever. Uh, I love collecting knowledge like a little little pot and just keeping it in there and just putting everything just to be safe. Um, This really resonates with me, to know things. Yes, I, I can do that. (laughs) Because the thing is, whenever you know something, or whenever you're challenged to know something in scripture, it is always, always proved by remembering why you know it and the action you take with it. The word know can also be translated to acknowledge or understand and act. In Chi Alpha, we have another saying. It's knowledge equals responsibility. So if you know something, be ready to prove it. A biblical call to this can be found in James 4.17. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. I'll say that again. (laughs) Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Yeah, that stabs, stabs me, definitely. Uh, <laughs> so in the first part, we talked about being still and surrendering everything to Jesus. But because we know we ought to do it and we choose not to, that's a path that we shouldn't be walking. Be ready to prove your knowledge by action. The thing is, the Bible is fairly harsh to those who should know better, almost often. Usually it's the Israelites. Usually it's the Pharisees. Same thing, (laughs) pretty much. But the thing is, Paul says in 2 Peter 2.21, this one's also up there, y'all probably already read it, but (laughs) it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness then, after knowing it, turn back. Because the thing is, they had the knowledge, but then they chose against it. That's even more sad. But the thing is, that's the difference between following Jesus and following any other religion out there. The thing is, we cannot atone for our own sins. When we know what we ought to do and we don't do it, that's a consistent thing all the time. Multiple times a day, 
And so we rack up this debt that we cannot pay ourselves. Because that's too high of, of, of a price. But it's a high cost and a high standard if you want to follow Jesus. But that's the point. We can't pay that price. And he did when he was on the cross, when he died for our sins. And he practiced this for us. The commander of the Lord's armies died to his, he laid down his rights as king of the universe, and he died a suffering servant on a cross. In the book of John, it talks often about belief and it creates, well, it doesn't, it, it talks about how belief is seen as the result of knowledge and understanding and the action that followed that knowledge. Because the thing is, the multitude knew about Jesus. They knew everything. They followed him around. They knew all the things, but they didn't know him and they didn't actually understand what he was saying and they didn't take action. So therefore, they didn't believe. Every interaction that Jesus has in scripture, he demands a response. Every single interaction. We know, in, uh, we know in the book of James, it says that faith without works is dead. So now moving to the last section, it says that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations. So going back, when I was walking up to that door at the Chi Alpha house in Arkansas, my heart was pounding. I was wrought with anxiety. I couldn't breathe. I didn't have any peace in my life whatsoever and nothing to hold on to. But I was surprised when I opened up that door that there were people waiting behind that door that were actually living a life that they believed and living it out in action. I'd never seen a Christian do that before. I'd only seen them talk about what they knew, but never what they did. And so the thing is, it, it, well, that didn't, uh, that didn't stop me from mentally sizing them up in my head. But those walls eventually broke down, and I realized how feeble that fight actually was. And the thing is, I'm not the same person that I was back then. Praise the Lord. Because before I could barely hold a conversation, I was so wrought with anxiety, I would have to run to the bathroom and hide for, for who knows how long just so people would leave. Because I couldn't stand the thought of talking to people. And so whenever I would have that anxiety rising up in me, I had no hope that any, that, that would even change at all. But me standing here is definitely a testament to that. So the thing is, the only constant in this life is Jesus. We see the list of things that we, that we saw before, and we have to fight to protect them, yet there's no guarantee of any of the outcomes. But we need to look to the one who has the outcomes. We need to look to the one who has the right on our lives and recognize his capability and his stability the last saying uh, uh, from Chi Alpha that I wanted to go over tonight is, all bad theology begins with believing God is guilty of something. Sometimes in this life when things don't go right, we think that God is manipulating us. We think that he's just being petty. <laughs> that he's like some jealous 
some jealous ex that's trying to get back at us. But that's not who he is. That's not who he is at all. Because even though we sin against him over and over and over every day, he still welcomes us back in open arms. He's patient. And his kindness leads us to repentance. His kindness, not petty takebacks. So the thing is, if you call him your Lord and your Savior, he has to be both. Jesus, as Lord of your life, means that he has a right to your life. And all other things need to fall to the side. Like I said, it's not because he's a cruel God that wants all of your attention because he's jealous, but because he deserves it. Because he paid for it. And the thing is, he will be exalted among the nations, but will you be on his side? So what are you going to do with the knowledge that you now have? The thing is, it's all about trust. It's all about trust. When we trust in ourselves and the people around us and things around us, plans going perfectly, it, le- it oftentimes leads to hurt, frustration, disappointment, bitterness. But when we trust in Jesus, he becomes the integration point in our lives. The integration point means that everything else is filtered through him not just circulating around him. And what I mean by that is, like, it, the way I see it is, is, like, the planets circulate around the sun, but they never touch it. They never go through it. But we want, we want everything to first start with the sun. Pun intended. <laughs> so when we look at things in our lives, we see our potential career, why we're going to college, why we're getting a job, why, why are we living the life that we're living, why we're talking to the people that we're talking to, our future spouse, our future goals, our future children, all of those things. We're looking to all of these plans that we have, and instead of filtering them through Jesus, we're just trying to fit him into it. And it needs to be the other way around. It really does. So the question becomes, do we actually trust that Jesus is who he says he is and that he will take care of you regardless of what happens? Do you trust that when you lay your weapons down at his feet that he won't use them against you? So if the worship team wants to come back up, praise team. So as we move into our time of prayer, don't know whose glasses that, those were, uh, prayer and worship, think, think about these things in our lives. All of that list that I had earlier, if you wanted to try and go back to it, you can. If not, that's, that's fine too. Oh, nice. If you want to look at those things and you think to yourself, which one is most difficult for me to lay down? Which one would take the most effort to lay down? What would it look like to lay these things down? So I encourage you, pull someone close. First, really 
pray and think about it and reflect on it, but pull someone close and pray together. And also, if we could get some staff people on the sides, too, you're welcome to pray with them, too. They'd be happy to pray with you tonight. So we need to search what we need to actually lay down in his feet. I'd say one question that would really help you find out what you actually need to lay down is where am I getting most frustrated right now? That's a great place to start. So now as, you, as we sing some, some worship music and as we reflect and take in what the Lord's said tonight, just spend time praying and thinking through what he actually is trying to tell you and respond. Knowledge without action is not knowledge. So yeah, I'll give us a chance to do that. For more information, please visit xaunc.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash xaunc. Our Instagram handle is at XAUNC, and you can find all of our content on our YouTube channel by searching for Chi Alpha UNC. Until next time, may the Lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Mm-hmm.